Welcome to Business Book Talk, the best place to discover great business books. Bob Garlick has talked to over 400 authors, and his questions and comments always get you the best information about the book, the author, and the ideas behind each book. So let's see who Bob's talking to this week. Hey everybody, it's Bob here, and I've got 5% more, Making Small Changes to Achieve Extraordinary Results. And I've got Michael Alden on the line with me today. Mike, thanks for being on the show. Bob, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, so, you know, let's talk a little bit about your background. You're like a direct marketing guru. You've got a company that's rocking it. Do you think that uh, fundamentally direct marketing is is, um, in a a tsunami-style success now because of social media, or is it uh, evolving slightly differently? Yeah, that's a that's a very interesting question. I you know my main source of revenue right now is television, and you know when we started the business uh, going on eight years ago, you know one of the first things that we talked about is the evolution of marketing and the evolution of how people consume media. And eight years ago, you know it's uh, literally night and day. It's a lot different than what it, where it was eight years ago. And I would even say, you know, within the past 12, 18 months, our world has changed significantly. So me as the CEO of a company that uh, that uh, you know, we look at again a primary primary source of our revenue from television. We we've had to adapt and we've had to uh, pivot, you know, so to speak, uh, over over time. And uh, you know, direct marketing is not what it used to be. In other words, you know, back in the days when you had like Billy Mays, who I knew, you know, the yell and sell type guys, or the but wait, there's more type guys that you see on television, Jack Lalanne and all these other guys. You know, that 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 isn't how people are accustomed to buying things in this day and age. And like you'd mentioned, a lot of the stuff is social media. So when you look at guys like Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary Vee, you people. You know, he's always talking about you know providing people with content and providing people with an, with entertainment and a, and a story, and then the sale will follow up from there. So as far as television is concerned, you know we're definitely changing how we do it and how we market uh, because you know again you go back eight years ago there wasn't 900 channels, there wasn't Hulu, there wasn't Netflix, there wasn't um, you know uh, Apple TV, you know Amazon Fire, all these other Sling and all these other different things. Where guess what? Guess what? There isn't. There isn't advertising, and there also isn't long form infomercials and that's what we focus that's what we uh, primarily focus on so uh long-winded answer is yeah the world is changing and uh you know we, we're adapting and it's uh it's uh it's fun it's stressful and, and exciting uh, all at the same time yeah no kidding well you know that's it's interesting because you use the word the classic word tv do you still consider what you're producing tv or are you more of infomercial or is it educational really how do you position yourself in in the reality of of how people should perceive your content yeah, I mean, so you know, Michael Alden is the who, who I am, obviously, right? Is, is the host of of a, of the Alden Report, and we do a couple different things. And the Alden Report is a interview style uh, infomercial where I sit down and almost quite like this, where like you and I talked before we went live. It's you know, it's a fairly casual conversation, uh, interview style infomercial, no frills. It's just me uh, and a guest, and either a black backdrop or a cityscape, depending on what we decide we're going to use for the set, and we have a conversation. But throughout that conversation, there is at the end of the day, you know, a purpose, and the purpose is is to get people to pick up the phones or go to the website and buy a product. So, yeah, I mean, we're we're definitely a, 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 an infomercial driven company. Uh, but again, over time, as you know, as as we've watched this world change, we've we've come a lot be- we've become a lot better, a lot more efficient uh, in how we in how we do business. And it's really it's it's interesting to 
to, to look at. I mean, look at the evolution. I'll give you an example. So direct mail, right? So everyone thinks that direct mail is, is an old medium and something that is, is dead. And, and it was for a little while because with the advent of email, right? So email comes out and direct mail just, just literally just, just dies, right? But people are still doing it. People are still making money. But what's happened now, it's actually almost come back full circle because now we're getting hammered and inundated with emails so that so 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 we're not getting stuff in our mailbox anymore like we used to. Now when you get something in your mailbox you're more likely to look at it and more likely to open it than where you were maybe five years ago. So it's interesting to see, you know, the evolution of marketing and how old, and I talked about this a couple times with someone else, how old style marketing is really coming back to the to where we are today and it's still just as effective. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think the thing is that makes marketing uh, successful today is being different. And if nobody's expecting to get a physical envelope or a thank you note that's handwritten, that really stands out because everything's digital. And in five years, it's going to be different again. And this is a great segue to talk about your book a little bit because you talk about 5% more, small incremental changes that make huge differences over a long period of time. And that's kind of what's happening with marketing. It, it, it was one way 30 years ago, and then it's changed, and it's evolved, and it's changed. And it really, it's done 360-degree changes over the last 30 years. Um, and now it's, it's, it's changing again. So if that's happening with marketing, if it's happening with everything else around us, everything's evolving, why aren't we? Why do we have to uh, say, you know what? I'm going to lose 10 pounds in one week because some guy has told me that's what I can do. Whereas you're just kind of setting yourself up for failure or setting yourself up to have the excuse to say, oh, it's too hard and I don't have time for it, so I'm not going to do it. Uh, that's really the premise of your book. So how how did you come across this idea? When did when you, did you have your aha moment We say, wow, this is the magic bullet? Yeah, it's a, it's a funny story because you'd mentioned you know weight loss. So you know my first book was called it was titled Ask More Get More. We did really well with it and sold tens of thousands of copies. Number two in Wall Street Journal and you know had a lot of fun with it. Sold all over the world. And I didn't really have an idea or a plan for a second book. And about two and a half years ago, it's actually now probably going on three years. You know because I've told the story a million times. Let's call it three years ago. I was in a spinning class. I'm a big guy and I'm gonna, my girlfriend brought me to this spinning class and she said, hey, you know come check it out. So I'm, you know it's about 45 minutes and we get towards the end of the spinning class and I'm exhausted. Exhausted, and I feel like I want to fall off the bike. And the, and the instructor, if you've ever been in a spinning class, it's usually a woman in the front of the room or a guy in the front of the room who's trying to motivate you, get you excited. And they're playing electronic dance music or some sort of hype music to really get you excited. She says, look, this is a 45-minute class. We have five minutes left. And she goes, I want you to give me 5% more effort. She says, if you give me 5% more effort, you're going to burn more calories. Your heart rate's going to increase. Your metabolic rate's going to increase. When you get off the bike, you're also going to have all of those same benefits. And then ultimately, you're going to live a healthier, happier life. And then she said, Bob, Anybody can do anything 5% more. And that's when it hit me like a ton of bricks. That's when it was like the aha moment. I looked around the, I looked around the room and there were people of different ages, races, ethnicities. There was a pregnant woman about two bikes to my right. And one of the interesting thing, things that I noticed is that everybody gave that little extra effort and they probably gave more than 5% more. So I got off the bike. I started writing it down or I was on my, actually my iPhone and I wrote down 5% more and I said, man, I wonder what it would look like if we could apply this concept to virtually every aspect of one's life. And I said, man, I wonder if there's anything else out there like it. And ultimately, there wasn't, and that became the book, 5% More. Interesting. You know, I I, uh, I needed to lose some weight myself um, about three years ago. And um, I said, you know what? I'm just going to do a slow burn in the sense that I'm not going to radically change my life. I'm just going to walk 
uh, for 20 minutes a day. That's all I'm going to do. That's not, it's only 20 minutes of my day. That's less than 5% of my day. And I started walking. Now I can't walk. I have to run. It's just my metabolism has grown that I'll start walking down the street and I'll be halfway down the street and a big grin will go on my face and I'll start running. And then I'll run for a block and I'll walk for a block and I'll run for a block and I'll walk for a block because I don't want to overtax myself. I still got to get other stuff done during the day. And I'm good for like an hour, an hour and a half of continuous motion. And the rule that I have is um, if somebody calls me, I start walking, I answer the phone, and I'll have a business conversation. And I'll tell, oh, by the way, in, in between gasps, if I'm walking up a hill, uh, sorry, I'm exercising right now, but uh, what do you need? And and I won't push off work because I, I'm exercising, and that's way more important than work. It's the ability to do both things at the same time. And that's what's magical about the book in the sense that if you're just doing 5%, then you can just pull back go back to your work day, get that over with, and then get back to that 5% mode again. Yeah, I mean, you get, it's, it's such a great example that you gave. And, you know, here's the thing is I'm not really a science guy, but I talk about the science and the physiology and how our brains work and how our anatomy works a little bit in the book. And, you know, the, what you just described is exactly the way to attack virtually any task at hand. So if you need to lose weight, rather than saying, I'm going to get up and run a 5K, I mean, that's why these couch to 5Ks are so successful. But rather than saying you're going to go out and run a 5K, which, by the way, is 3.3 miles. I don't know why they just don't say 3.3 miles. But anyway, <laughs> so, so, you know, it doesn't, it, it's not going to happen. Like, you said you'll pull a muscle, you'll blow your knee out, and you probably won't finish. You know, it, it'll it just taxes your body beyond what, what what it's accustomed to. But if you started out just like you said, 20 minutes a day, 21 minutes the next day, 22 minutes. I talked a little bit about in my book where I had where I had a Fitbit, right? And I started my my original goal was 10,000 steps, and then it became 11,000, then 12,000, then 15,000, then before you know what I'm doing, 20,000, and then before you know what I just I just I don't even wear the Fitbit anymore because I know how many steps I really need to do, uh, to to take throughout the day because I can you know I, I can feel it my body became accustomed to it. If you decide you're going to make a wholesale change, like going from couch to 5K tomorrow, it won't work. But if you say, I'm going to go from couch to 5K in three months, that's how your body adapts. And then what happens is it becomes what? Like you mentioned kind of earlier, it becomes a habit and a non-volitional thing, and then it becomes easy. And then you just wake up every day, and now all of a sudden you are running you know, uh, six months, excuse me, walking six months ago. Now you're running every single day. That's how we work as human beings. That's how you have long-term sustainable success. And like I mentioned this earlier, in virtually any aspect of your life. Well, let's talk a little bit about business, you know, because we're using the metaphor of running. You know, a lot of people say, well, 5% more in business. Getting your head around that concept, how does somebody do 5% more? Well, obviously, you pick up the phone 5% more. You make five more calls in a day, and those aren't sales calls. Those are just picking up the phone and touching bases with people Five more people a day. That's all you need to do. If you do that every day, that's a tremendous amount of people that are aware of you and where you're top of mind with those particular people. And you'll be uh, you'll be warmed up. You'll be a better speaker. But what other areas of work can you add that five percent to? Yeah, you know, it, it's a great way to think about it. I mean, you know, the number 5% is somewhat arbitrary, right? If we go back to the spinning class, it just came to me out of the spinning class, and she obviously heard it from somewhere, someone else. But, you know, a lot of people said to me, Mike, well, what if I work in an area uh, where where I can't necessarily quantify what I'm doing on a day-to-day -day basis? In other words, I'm not, you know, I'm not in a sales department, or, uh, you know, I'm, I, I can't necessarily see how many things I'm doing on a day-to-day -day basis, but I'm more of the creative type, right? So let's say you're in the marketing department, um, or you're 
you're in the art department, like what can you do? And, 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 and it's really, really simple. So it goes back to kind of what I was saying is the 5% is more of a mentality. It's more of a philosophy. It's a more way of thinking when you say to yourself, like you'd mentioned, it's that extra phone call, it's that extra email, or it's that extra follow-up um, call with a customer. If you're in a different area that isn't quantifiable, it's that maybe that little extra time in the conference room. It's thinking about your, what you're trying to, do, to accomplish a little bit more, pushing yourself just a little bit further back to the analogy of running. It's one more telephone pole. It's one more block. And you apply that same concept into whatever you're doing in your day-to-day life. So again, if you're in the marketing department, if you're in the art department and you're, and you're having trouble, most people, they, they stop just before success. I call that the last 5%. But the successful people are the ones that push through. So the last 5% in anything you're doing, whether it's quantifiable or not, is generally where you really get the huge results. You can be working really hard and I'm applying this whole 5% concept over and over and over again and not really getting there. But when you get to the end, that's when it's really important. Well, and it's also... um... It's the ability to be conscious of what's going on, being present in the moment, being aware that you're working hard instead of just being in life or being at work in a numb state where you come out of work and you're driving your car and say, what did I do today? That is not a very good mindset. You've got to be present. You've got to be focused. You've got to be aware of what's going on because then you're able to tell yourself, you know what? Let's push it for that 5%. Let's push it for another couple of minutes. But if you're not conscious, if you're not in the moment, how do you know where you are and when to push and when not to? Well, self-awareness is something that's really so important, and I think a lot of us, you know, fail to recognize uh, or or fail to become self-aware. You know, and I've you know been in rooms with, literally with billionaires, hundred billionaires. I've met some of the most successful people in the world, and 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 when you talk to these people and just have a conversation with them, you know, some of them have the biggest egos you've ever you've, you can possibly imagine. But almost all of them are self-aware of what of what they're trying to do, and they're also self-aware of the fact that when they're making mistakes, and they're also self-aware of the fact that you know what. Hey, uh, I got up today and I didn't accomplish what I set out to, and you know I need to go back and fix it. Or today I need to work just a little bit harder to make up for the gap that I put myself in, the, you know, the day before. And you know I tell people this all the time: I'm a normal guy, I'm your average everyday guy. Um, I didn't get lucky or anything like that. I've just worked a little bit harder than most people. But the reason why I'm telling you that I'm a normal, average, everyday guy because I have those days too. Okay, I wake up sometimes and I don't feel like going in the office today. Actually, I'll be honest with you: this one of those days I did not feel like going to the gym this morning. Okay. I was just going to blow it off completely. I ended up going to the gym and I told myself, I'm just going to do 20 minutes on the stair climb. And that's kind of like my machine. I love that thing. I love it and I hate it. Right. But I pushed myself to 25 minutes. Now there are days where I push myself to 60, 70 minutes or whatever, even, even further. But today was just a tough day. I didn't want to be there, but I, I dragged, literally dragged myself in there. And then once I got through it, I felt a lot better. And that's kind of the hard thing is like most people just don't even, they, they, they don't even get there. So you have to get there, and the only way to get there is you have to be self-aware, and you say to yourself, "Man, I'm being lazy, or I'm, or, or, or I'm, uh, you know, I'm just uh, kind of being a Debbie Downer, so to speak. I need to, you know, control my own thoughts and say, you know, get up, get out of bed, go to the gym, go to work, have a great day. And if you can do that, and you can train your brain like that, then, then it does become a lot easier. But here's the thing, again, just and you had mentioned it back back early. It's not always going to be like that. It's not always going to be easy. And you're going to have days where you're going to fall off 
Um, but that's okay. You just, I mean, I don't, don't mean to be cliche-ish, but you do have to, it goes back to self-awareness, go back and say, all right, I fell off yesterday. doesn't mean it's over, like the diet industry. So many people, they fall off the wagon, right? So, you know, you're dieting, you're dieting, dieting, and, and then all of a sudden one day you eat, you know, three cheesesteaks and, and, and two ice creams, and then you say, that's it, I'm done. I'm just going to go back to the way I was before. No, no, you don't have to do that. You could just say, okay, this day happened. Now let's fix it and, and go back to what we were doing before. And so that's really, I mean, again, it's almost like the secret to, to success. Well, you know, you use this word, fix it, and I think that's super critical. And, and I think all the people that I know that are uh, successful in life, and I'm not saying super successful millionaires, that are just people that have a great life, know where they are, are conscious, they fix things as they uh, find the mistakes. And that's what, you know, living your life is all about. It's just this journey where you're constantly running into challenges and you try and fix the challenge and you either overcome the challenge or you don't through a mistake. And then you have to step back, analyze it and say, okay, what did I do wrong? How could I change that? And the lesson, uh, that lesson was taught to me by the Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner show. What was it? Uh, with Wiley Coyote? And I used to get so pissed off with that stupid coyote. It's like, dude, it's a brilliant plan. Just try it again and again and again, and it, you'll, you'll fix it. But he never did. He always went to the new plan, the new plan, the new plan. Do you think that's a fundamental problem with business people where if they fail or it, they, they try a strategy and it doesn't quite get the results they, they want, they throw it out and try something new? So it's like the, the new product of the week or the new strategy of the week. Is that a fundamental problem with a lot of uh, entrepreneurial side business people? You know, that's a, it's an interesting question. You know, when you, when you look at successful people and, you know, they're always the pariahs, they're always the ones that, you know, that were always told, you know, not to do it or they couldn't do it and they just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And you always hear about, you know, you know, the successful ones that, that push through like Tesla or somebody like that, you know, and, uh, but, but, but you don't, what you don't hear is you don't hear about the people that, decided that they were going to continue to push through, push through, push through, and then ultimately gave up, right? And so that goes back to kind of what I was talking about is the last 5%. Now, here's the thing, though. There does become a point, and this ties into your self-awareness part. There does become a point where it is, it does become the definition of insanity doing the exact same thing and over and over again and expecting a different result, right? So when you're self-aware and you say, all right, look, I've been trying this over and over and over again, right? I've been doing the same thing over and it just ain't working, Okay, that's when self-awareness really is important because, you know, passion is so important. But when it's blind passion and you, because you've read all the success books and you've heard of all the other successful people who just gave up everything and they just went all in and they keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And then they push to the point where they're bankrupt. You know, that's when it becomes a problem. And look, by the way, that happened to me. I told the, told the story of my first and second book about a business that I had that I was so passionate about. I didn't care what anybody else told me. I didn't listen to anybody else. I went all in and I pushed and pushed and pushed and I had so you know some levels of success but ultimately I had a, I had to declare bankruptcy because I didn't listen and because I was blinded by my own um, lack of self-awareness because I wasn't doing the right thing so it's a weird dynamic but I think if you are self-aware and you can step back and say all right this isn't working why isn't it working what should we do? Let me talk to my team. Let me talk to some other people. Let me reach out to some of my mentors. Let me just go to just 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 you know step back and try and really analyze it. Then things can you know can really happen and change for you. And you know it goes back to also what we were talking about with my business. You know you know my business is again primarily driven through television, which is a dying medium. So I'm either going to sit back 
and ride it out for the next couple years and probably make a couple million and then call oh, and I'm only 41 and then what what am I going to do after that or I can adapt become very self-aware of the fact that we are you know becoming obsolete and make changes so that we can be here long term so the self-awareness like you brought up is is really really crucial and I think a lot of people lack that in 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 not only their business life but they're also their personal life oh yeah it's an easy thing to say but it's a much harder thing to make a habit. Yeah, nobody likes nobody likes to step back and say that they were they were wrong. Nobody likes to really look look internally and say I screwed up. Nobody I mean but and, and and I don't like to do it, okay? I, I don't if anybody tells you they do, they're they're lying. Okay? But 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 in order to really break through, those are the things you need to do. You know, I've made some difficult decisions in my business life and my personal life and 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 and, and I you know, I, I didn't want to make them. But I made them because I know that's what needed to be done. And by the way, there are times again where I just kind of felt like curling up on a ball on my couch and not making them. But then what's what, – I mean not, nothing's going to change. You know what I mean? I need to do something. Somebody's got to do something, right? So, <laughs> so, so you make the decision and you move on, right? And that's the thing. You've got to make the decision and move on. You've got to take that action. Again, super cliche-ish, but it's real stuff. My book and the things I talk about and the things I've done in my life are really, really simple things that anybody can do. And it just goes, it, it's so simple that sometimes when people read my book or, 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 or the, I, I love the reviews. I, I, by the way, reading your own reviews is horrible, but you know, they read the read reviews and they say, well, well, geez, I knew that. Well, really? Well, then why waste your time writing a review about my book and get out there and do it? <laughs> exactly. Well, that's, that's the whole thing about genius. Um, I remember years ago watching one of those Richard Attenborough type movies or, or documentaries and he explained how a tree works and it blew my mind. I mean, it really blew my mind. The amount of force and amount of energy it takes to pump this sap up 30, 40 meters into the air. And then the next day I was unable to communicate that simple core information. So some people have a real talent for communicating those core simplicities, and that is the power of a great business book. It's it's not that you're uh, consuming new information. You're just consuming it in a way that you have your personal aha moment where you say, oh, now I get it. This is so simple for me. Now I can move forward in my life and utilize this information. That is the importance of you know reading books like uh, yours and as many other books as possible. You know, it brings up a great point. I was at uh, I was at a, a, a conference, and Harvey McKay was there. He's written I don't know ten, fifteen, twenty books, and these books have been sold all over the world, translated in every language, sold tens of millions. He flew in on his own private jet, and he said something that was really profound. He said, "Since the beginning of time, since human beings got on this planet, nothing has changed as it relates to success." And you're like, "What?" What do you mean? <laughs> nothing has changed. There's no new. There's no, there's nothing new. There's no magic pill. There's no potion. There's no strategy. It's all. It, it, it's 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 it, it's always been here. It just comes down to really ultimately what you're going to do with it. Now, what has changed is how we apply it with technology. But at the end of the day, again, when you look at my book and you look at some of the great books that are out there, it comes down to what you decide you're going to do and and how you're going to get up in the morning and what you decide you're going to do for the day and how productive you're going to be and ultimately how hard you're going to work. And that, that's really it. I mean, it's so simple. Well, with a lot of things in life, I think it's also consistency. You know, a, a lot of this, if you're, if you're using the 5% um, strategy, it's not expecting results to happen right away. It's like I'm going to 
do this a little bit more and then I'm going to continue to do a little bit more and I'm and then in a month or two months or a year or three years or five years then look back and see how far you've gone it will blow your mind and it goes back to initially when I, I was starting to get into business and I asked uh, one of my mentors says oh, what do I need to do and he said well you have to have a five-year dream and that dream has to be bombastic it has to be absolutely insane and I said well, okay well I want to own my own business in five years no 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 that's easy I want described to me a ridiculous thing. Okay, I want a multinational organization. I want 10,000 people in. I want to do this, this, and this. Okay, you're getting closer. Then you have to backtrack five years. What do you have to do four years to get to the five-year? What do you have to do in three years? And then when you get to your one year, start breaking it down by month. And when you get down to by one month, break it down. You know, you start to see the pattern. Then tell yourself, what do you need to do today to start moving towards that five-year goal. You will never reach the five-year goal or you'll reach it way too quickly, but it doesn't matter. It's the long-term strategy. It's the small incremental steps that you're making towards that goal that is, that is going to show you um, the success that, uh, you know, it, it just helps you grow in a consistent way. And that's what I love about this book. It, it's, it's just taking that whole philosophy and saying, okay, now we're at the beginning. How about a 5% increment? Incrementation, and this book isn't just about business; it's about all aspects of your life. Yeah, you know, as I'm listening to you describe that, I was like, I, you know what? I, I I can't follow up on that. You, you you said it perfectly. I mean, as far as as far as and the other part, the other interesting thing about you know the the five year plan or the ten year plan or these other things, and you know, again, I love how you backed into it. I usually go, I'm going the other way, but backing into it's a great way to look at it. But the other interesting thing about that is, is when you do back into it or when you do start off on a daily daily basis, I I I have literally uh, all my executives here send me daily updates, and then the daily updates they tell me what they're going to do today. And how they plan on accomplishing it, and then the, and then the day before they tell me what they accomplished, what they didn't accomplish, and why they didn't accomplish it. And we do that on a daily basis, right? And so the interesting thing about that as well is, is that you can see, and it goes back to also the um, you know our self awareness. You can see where you're headed, and you can also change direction so that rather than doing it over and over and over again without paying attention when, and realizing it, it's too late when it in fact is too late, you could say, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm heading in the wrong direction. Well, let me make a tweak here. And that tweak one way or the other won't necessarily change your life on that particular day, but it might, like you said, consistently long-term. You know? And so when I look at you, again, when we look at my business, and I talk a little bit about it in both of my books, is you know, we started out, it seemed, you know, we, we did close to $10 million our first year in, in revenue, and people were like, wow, that was just a huge trajectory. But it actually really wasn't when you look at how we did it. We started out spending 25000 a week in media, then 30000 and then, you know, then 40000 Before you know it, we were spending $600,000 a week in media, but it just was because we were able to look at it on a daily... And by the way, Bob, we had to do it that way because we didn't have any money, so we had so we had to figure it out. And that's also like the interesting thing when you look back on, on my life and our business. In our business, that's kind of how we how we've done it over time. So yeah, it's a it's a great way to the, the, your description was was perfect. <laughs> well, you know, I, I love you used the word accountability because that is what it's all about. If you want to be a great manager, then you have to. Tell your people what you, they need to do. You have to get them to self-manage, and then you have to get them to report to you consistently. So small 
reports that only take five minutes, not a, a weekly report that takes an hour, and then help them get over their hurdles. I mean, when I'm doing coaching with people, nine times out of 10, what will happen at the end of the meeting is like, okay, what are you going to do? What are the five things you're going to do? What are the 10 things you're going to do? What are the two things you're going to do over the next week? And just write those down right now. And then in our meeting next Wednesday, let's talk about them. And then anytime you get stuck, don't worry about it. Just write it down. And we'll discuss it. And that's what our next meeting is going to be about. It's not going to be about your next steps and, oh, we're going to do this and that. It's about where are you stuck now so we can keep you moving. It's back to the 80-20 rule. If you're, you know, it takes 80% of your energy to get moving. But once you're moving, it's only going to take you 20% more to get moving the same pace consistently. And once you've got that done, then you can step out of that a little bit and then you've got 70% energy that you can put into the next or probably 60% energy that you can put into the next um, uh, aspect of, of your plan and get that up to it. So now you've got two balls that are rolling at 20. So that's only 40% of your energy to move two huge projects along. So with your 5% plan, is that type of strategy applicable as well? Yeah, you know, I think it is. And, you know, when you talk about accountability, and I think a lot about that, you know, I think a lot of people, and it's great when people do take advantage of someone like yourself, that it's going to actually hold people to to their goals and make them more accountable. You know, when I look at, you know, um, you know, again, successful people, and I look at other and people that, that haven't been successful, what they love to do is they love to blame others, right? They don't they don't become accountable for their for their daily lives, right? I mean, right now here in the United States, since we're talking about, you know, since we're current, right? So everyone's up in arms about the election, one way or the other, I don't care which way you voted, but Everyone's freaking out. Everyone's just say people saying, "Oh, I don't, you know, I don't know what to do with my life. I'm crying. I can't get out of bed." And then you got all these protesters and all these other things. And I'm like, "Look, man, you know what? It is what it is. Control what you can control and become accountable for your life today and tomorrow and your family, and then move forward from there. Stop worrying about what everybody else is doing and become accountable for your own life. And it drives me insane because there are so many people that are probably in the streets right now protesting that aren't doing anything with their lives other than the fact that blocking traffic in downtown New York City, and it's insane. You know what? Become accountable for where you're at in life and stop blaming Wall Street. Remember that we were talking about the, the when they occupied Wall Street. Where are they now? They're nowhere because they were just a bunch of losers who were just trying to, like, I don't know, make Make a, make a bunch of noise. Become accountable for the fact that you're not making money, that you can't pay your rent, that you can't pay your bills. And listen, it sounds like tough love, but if you – and I learned this just from coaches, right, and from playing football and baseball and the whole thing. If you can't become accountable for where you're at in life first inside – then you're not going to get anywhere. And by the way, having a coach like you, or you, or maybe someone like me, if you like that tough love, you know, is really is really going to is really going to help. And so, yeah, it does it does apply to that. Accountability is such a big. I call it, you know, we always hear about excuses, right? I call it excuse tosis, right? I say it's one of the most pervasive diseases on the planet because it kills people's not only their dreams. You'd mentioned dreams. I say dreaming is for sleeping. Let's let let's let let's dream when we sleep, but let's set long term, like you said, bombastic big goals. Okay, let's set those. Let's stop dreaming and let's stop blaming others for where we're at in life. So what, when you can do that, and by the way, I've declared bankruptcy. Okay, I was, you know, I was, you know, I grew up surrounded, surrounded by crime, drugs, and violence. My mother's HIV positive. My stepfather died of AIDS. My father was addicted to coke. My uh, one of my brothers was in prison for distribution. A kid I grew up with in jail for life for murder. And by the way, everyone says, "Well, what makes you so different? Like, how did you make it? Like, what did what did?" You? And I look back on my life, Bob, and I didn't do anything differently other than the fact that one point when I was 14. 15 years old after being arrested and getting in trouble and getting bad grades, I said to myself, and it probably wasn't me, it was probably a coach, and said, you know what? You either 
step back and become accountable and become self-aware of where you're at right now in life, kid, or you're going to end up dead or in jail. And then you take that same philosophy in business and per in your other personal life as we get older, and it just works. Stop blaming others because, I mean, it just happens. All Everyone, we love to blame everyone. Listen, the news, right? I, I've been watching the news a lot now because of the election, just because it's like a somewhat addicting. But here's the thing. Turn the TV off. Stop watching the news, okay? Don't worry about what's going on in the news and don't worry about what's going on in the things you can't control. And by the way, it's, it, when you watch the news at night, think about how stressful the news is, right? You, you can't sleep. You wake up with anxiety. I'll give someone some, some great advice. Stop watching the news. Don't even read the newspaper. If something bad happens or good, which is very rare that they talk about it, you'll find out about it eventually. You know, when, when some of these catastrophic things happened recently in, you know, in Nice or in Orlando, I didn't even hear about it for a couple of days. Because, I, you know, I have a 10-year-old little girl. I don't want to watch the news. I don't want her seeing how crazy this stuff is. Be accountable for what you can be accountable for in your daily life, and things will get better. I know I just went off a little rant, but that was know, a good rant. Kinda, just kind of happened. <laughs> hey, you got to have your rants, man. If you hold it back inside, your head will explode. <laughs> Thanks. So, um, you know, it's very relevant. A lot of things you said there, but I want to focus in on uh, stop reading the news, uh, stop watching news, stop reading newspaper and stuff like that. Now, that makes a lot of sense. I think what you've got to do is you've got to stop taking um, the big pictures things like what's going on in Nice, what's going on in the election and all that stuff and take it as a personal message. Oh, you've got to do something about it. You don't. It's You're powerless to make a change. If you want to do that, then you've got to completely evolve your life. You've got to move to Africa. You've got to send up, you've got to get a job as an NGO. You've got to this, that, and then in five or six years, you will make a huge difference in Africa. And you can do it by this, you know, by using this book. But you have to decide that's what you want to do. If you don't want to do that, then don't worry about it. Somebody else may step up. You, if you want to build your business, if you want to be successful or if you want to have a better marriage or if you want your kids to love you or if you want your kids to be more successful or whatever, you have to take that on as your own personal uh, job and work towards it. And you've got to, you can't decide, oh, yeah, tomorrow I'm going to have a PhD or tomorrow my kids are going to like me more. No, it's small 5% increments or 1% or 2%, whatever the number is. It's the long-term thinking. Think of it like saving money. If you put a dollar into your bank every single day for your whole life, you will have millions of dollars. I'm not saying that's a good strategy for investing your money, but still, if you could consistently do that from the day that you were born until you were 60 years old, you will have a lot of money sitting there. So it's the small steps that make a long-term decision successful. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned the dollar a day. I mean, I talked about this in the book. I say, you know, you, you, some people have heard and some people haven't. If, if you take a penny a day and you double it up, you double what you saved the day before. So you're one cent, two cent, four cents, eight cents, 16, 32. And if you do that for 30 days, you'll have $5.3 million in the bank. And people said, well, hold on a second. The math doesn't make sense. So I had to go, my, my, in fact, my assistant said the math doesn't make sense. Go back and do it. If you do that and you double it every single day, okay, it's called geometric progression. They say it's a very powerful thing, right? Okay, most people can't do that. However, if you started with a dollar, like you'd mentioned, right? And then you save a dollar five, and then it's a dollar 10, then it's a dollar 15. And you did that, you know, over time, you, you, you will still get to where you need to get to. You will still, at the end of the day, if you did it for long term for all those years, yeah, you would have millions of dollars, but you actually have to do it. And that's the other thing. If you're, I don't know if you've ever heard this, uh, this guy's name is Art Williams, and he has a great speech. It's an iconic speech, and the speech is titled, Just Do It. And he's got this great kind of Southern accent, and you'd mentioned, you know, you know, if you want to get your PhD or whatever it is, and people say, you know, people would always, uh, his speeches, people would say, hey, you know, 
all right, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be one of the best, um, you know, salesmen in this organization. He'd say, great, well, just do it. And they say, well, you know, Art, you know, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be the top, you know, the top guy in, in the whole country. He said, great, just do it. Or, all right, you know, I'm, I'm going to sell my house or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, um, you know, make a lot of money in real estate. Great, well, just do it. You know, so it just, oh, by the way, his whole speech is like that. It's Art Williams' Just Do It speech. You should Google it. It's such a great speech. But really, that's it. You know, it drives me nuts when people say, you know, we talked about dreaming, right? I'm 41 years old, and I have friends that are still dreaming, or they still think that they're, you know, that they're, they're one day they're going to wake up and be successful. And by the way, success, like you'd mentioned earlier, it doesn't have to be millions of dollars. It's, I define success quite simply as this. It's whatever you want it to be. So whatever you want in life, right, whatever you want, you just have to go out there. You're not going to wake up. Up tomorrow and have it happen. And it's going to be difficult. It's not going to be easy, right? But over time, as you continue to work through those struggles and work through those hurdles and those speed bumps, it does get a little bit easier over time. And then you might even hit a big speed bump and you might have a big setback. But it really is, again, all that basic stuff, which is getting back, but you just have to do it. And again, I just want people that uh, there are many times where I don't want to do it either. And I'm sure that it probably even happens with you. But but again, self-awareness, okay, I had a bad day today. I'm not going to let it affect me tomorrow. And again, I think I mentioned to you, today, not really the best day for me. I woke up, didn't feel so hot, but whatever. I'm here, I'm on your show, I'm having a great time, and I could have easily just said, you know what, to my assistant, I'm having a bad day, call Bob, tell him I don't feel well, and, and, and you know, I'm sure you would have been fine with it. But I decided I'm just going to pull myself up from whatever funk that I'm in from earlier today and just move forward. That's just... That's that's how it works as human beings. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and ironically, we I had a guy cancel one hour because uh, I try and do three shows every Monday, and I had a guy cancel early, and he said, Bob, I, I'm just in it with a client. I said, great, look at clients come first. The hell with this interview. Make sure your client's happy. And uh, he got back to me. He said, I'm really apologized. When, when can we fit in a new show? He said, look, choose a Monday, and if it works, you're in. Don't worry about it. Just get on with it. And he said, thank you. That's it. Right. The conversation done. So it's the same thing. Things happen in life. Don't take it personally. Just deal with it. Get over it so you can continue to move forward. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, again, it's 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 just such basic stuff. And so many people, they just they 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 have been beaten down so much, and they have just become accustomed to. It and they're just they 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 they've resolved to the fact that they, you know what, you know, look, again, I grew up in the in the projects, and I was a poor kid, and and you know, a lot of times, you know, maybe I have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, and a lot of people will say, you know, well, you can take the kid out of the projects, but you can't take the projects out of the kid, and you know, so. But here's the thing, yeah, I grew up in the projects, right? But it doesn't mean. I'm going to stay there. It doesn't just because you grew up poor or just because you were a bad person yesterday doesn't mean you need to, you need to be a bad person today. And just because you had a setback yesterday doesn't mean you're going to have a setback today. You just have to keep move, moving forward and eventually things will get better. Like you had mentioned earlier, you know, it started out at 20 minutes and before you know, it's an hour and a half of constant movement. And so that's really really what it is and you will have those setbacks. You'll pull a hamstring, you'll, you know, you'll fall down or whatever whatever it is, you know. Um, um, but it'll eventually, you know, get better. And it goes back to, again, with one of my great, I just found it again, it's Art Williams' Just Do It speech. Just watch something like that and just, <laughs> you know, just do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's you got to have a rhythm. you got to have something that's going to keep you going. So based on all that, I mean, okay, anybody that's lifting that, that they're on fire. What does somebody have to do today to start moving towards their 5% solution? 
You know, so one of the things that it, when I started writing the book and one of the things that kind of fired me up about it is that there's a lot of programs out there. There's a lot of trainings out there. There's a lot of webinars, a lot of guys out there, coaches or what have you in there. And they're preaching something that is um, it, it doesn't work for us. I kind of alluded to it earlier. It doesn't work for us as human beings. And they're telling you that you need to be 10 times better than everybody else. You need to be 100 percent on 100 percent of the time uh, in, or, in order to be successful. And I think if you've got to this point in the podcast, if you listen, you realize that that's not the case. Right. So, you know, in order to truly be successful, in order to truly have long-term sustainable results, the first thing you need to do, right? We talk about action. First thing you need to do is, is actually take action. Even back up before that, right? You've got to set a goal, whatever that goal is. But what your goal is, okay, you can have that, like you said, that that bombastic five-year goal. You want to be the president of the United States, which I tell people, stop lying to your children and telling them they can be anything that they want and telling them to stop, telling them to stop dreaming about that. If you really tell your kids that they can be anything that they want, well, you need to step back and show them, okay, what it really takes in order to do that, right? So let's go back, like you said, back up five years, back into it and say, today, what am I going to do today to get to be, by the way, the thankless job of President of the United States? What, what am I going to do today in order to get there? How am I going to accomplish that? What am I going to do on a daily basis? How am I going to compound on that? How am I going to be consistent with it? So that's really what it is, is making that decision. It all kind of wraps up into all these different concepts we're talking about. We're talking about action. We're talking about accountability. We're talking about self-awareness, right? It's not one thing, but at the end of the day, it does come down to whether or not you want to do it, not what anybody else wants to do, not what your parents tell you you want to do or what your parents tell you you can do or can't do or your boss or your spouse or whomever. Whatever it is you decide that you want to do or need to do, you have to do it. You know, when you mentioned the PhD thing, you know, when I, when I talk about Talk a little bit about you know if you want to go to college right so I'm I'm an attorney by trade right and I and I and I, I graduated high school with a one nine GPA which is a C minus GPA I was lucky to get into college because I played football right so I get into college and I and I got a two seven five my first semester I was like all right well I, you know I can you know, I, I did okay so I, I I can hang here right but I knew I also wanted to be a lawyer so in order to be a lawyer what do you need to do you need to get good grades right so I worked really 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 hard for the for the for four years and I graduated with just with only a three which is you know a be average, okay? So that's like, all right, well, now I'm just literally in the middle of the pack. Now you want to go to the next level. Right, so I want to be. I want to go to the next level in education. What do I need to do? Well, I need to get better grades, so I need to work on it a little bit more. And the reason why I tell you that is ultimately I made it. We don't have a lot of time, but I ultimately made it, and I graduated law school with honors at a, at a great school here in Boston. But my life would have been a lot easier if I had worked just a little bit harder each and every day when I was in college. And so that's really what it comes down to. You, one of the things, we, and we always hear this, right, is time, right? We all have time. You can't go back in time. So you have to say to yourself, today, what am I going to do today so that my tomorrow will be better? You can't say, what am I going to do today for, for what my yesterday was going to be because it's too late. So what are you going to do today to make sure that the next day is better? Mm, that's awesome. Now, the, the other thing, too, is, is a lot of people feel that the world owes them a favor for some reason. I don't know what that's all about. Oh, boy. But um, <laughs> no ranting, please. <laughs> I was about to say, here comes a rant. <laughs> but, you know, and, and yeah, I get that. But do you think it's fundamentally the parents' problem where, you know, if you have a kid and they're two years old and they come in and, and, and they get rewarded for doing nothing or they don't understand why they're being rewarded and the parent isn't taking that five minutes of their time to explain, look at, I will give you, you can still, like, you will get another bedtime story. This is a classic. Sitting down with the kids, which is a very important thing for you to do is read them a story every single night because then they will understand the importance of books. 
if you're reading to them, they say, oh, can we have one more? That's it. And you read them another one. And they say, can I have one more? I say, well, no. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read the story, but then you have to read some of the words. And together, we're going to read this last story, and then we're going to go to bed. And then they do that, and then you pick out the word, you know, the. And they don't get it, but you said, that's the. And they don't have to, they'll start recognizing that word, and they'll start putting the in, and you're starting to teach them to read as a reward. So it's how you structure the reward. It's how you help them grow. And as they evolve, you just keep on going. It's that right back to your book. It's those little five-minute lessons that you're giving your children. It's like, no, you're not going to get a new iPhone because you broke your other one. Let's figure out a plan so you can come in 50-50 in the next one so at least you'll appreciate it. You imagine how powerful that person is going to be for a company when they decide to work into, go into the workforce. They're going to have the ex- an amazing attitude. They know they have to work towards stuff. And when they do, they will get rewards. Now then, it's up to the business to understand that and say, look, if you work towards this, you get this, you're going to get a bonus, you're going to get a car, you're going to get more vacation time. If you can get your whole week's work of work done by Wednesday, take Thursday, Friday off. We don't care. You did what you said you were going to do. Move on. Yeah. I mean, you know, as I sit here and listen to, you know, to, I mean, I, 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 I talk a little bit about in the book when you talk about reading. I talk a little bit about in the book about you know what it would look like to a child's life if a parent were to read to them just a little bit more. Is there research out there that talks about it? And I interviewed the head of an organization called Reach Out and Read, and their their mission or their purpose is to educate pediatricians who then educate lower income families on the importance of reading to children. Right. And so we, I, we I, it was a great it was a great um, meeting with with them, and and they turned me on to this study. I, well, here's the one of the questions I had for them. I said, look. You know, what if the parents don't have the time, which you always have the time because I broke down how many minutes there are in a day, but what if the parents don't have the time? What if the parents are illiterate or what if the parents, um, their language is English is a second language and what if they can't even read to the kids in English, right? So here's the interesting thing. There's a study conducted, it's called the Hart-Ridley study in the late ni- in the mid-90s. And in that study, what they did was is 42 households outside of Kansas City and they took um, people and they actually sent them into these households. They had the poor neighborhoods, the middle class, and then the, and then the rich. And they actually sent people in these households. And the interesting thing that they found was is it's not even necessarily how much you read to a child. It's how many words are spoken in a household that has a long-term effect on, on your child's life and what, how successful they be. So the point of that story is that you can just talk a little bit more in your household, not even to your kids, which by the way, you should, and, you know, giving them all the, all the different, you know, tidbits that you need to, for, so that they can um, thrive in life, but just talking a little bit more in house. You see so many parents come home from work, they're working, you know, two jobs, they're exhausted, they come home, they got to, you know, cook dinner, they're, they're just, you know, maybe they have a third job, they don't, even have, they don't even say anything. They come home, maybe they get in the shower and they go to bed, they don't even talk to the kids and it does such such a disservice to their to their children and one one other thing I won't rant about it I teach I coach U12 girls soccer and I've been coaching soccer since my daughter was uh, seven and and she's ten now and I and, and I, I didn't play soccer up <laughs> that much and I'm not really I'm more of a football guy but one of the reasons why I did it is because I'd have more time with my daughter but now we're at a point where she's ten years old I understand when they're five and six years old that you're not keeping score or any of that I get that at five and six but it does become a point and this is uh, this is the time when they're, you know, 10, 11, 10 and 11 is definitely, I think, ideal where they have to start to learn to what? They have to learn how to lose. Okay. They have to learn how to win. They have to learn how to work together as a team. They have to learn adversity. They have to learn the fact that if they don't do what the coaches tell them to do, they're going to be benched. They have to learn that someday, someday in their life, 
they're going to hang up the cleats, right? And that's the whole part about coaching. That's the whole part about sports that I love. 99.9% of the kids that play sports are never going to make it to the pros, but it's what they're learning on a day-to-day basis. So when we have these kids that are, that are, that are taught this, this level of entitlement, yeah, it does make me want to go on a, a rant for the next hour and a half, though, but it does come down to what you decide you want to do with, with, with your children. So me, as a coach who doesn't really know much about soccer, what I like to instill in these kids is all the success principles that we're talking about and the things I just talk about, accountability, self-awareness, action, working hard, you know, working through adversity, understanding that, that, you know, you're not at the top right now, but maybe you'll get there. And then at the, at the end of the day, I mean, I hope, I hope that it works and I hope that they're all going to be successful because again, at the end of the day, they're going to hang up their cleats. Absolutely. You know what? We've been talking uh, and having a fantastic series of rants back and forth, and I just love the energy. I'm sure you guys have been loving listening to this show too, because every now and again, we get a show that's this dynamic and we didn't really touch on the book a lot where can people go to find out more about the book do you have a blog do you obviously have your tv show where should people go to learn more Sure. I mean, if you'd like some more information about me, you can just go to michael-alden, A-L-D-E-N.com. You can find me on Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter. It's uh, at MikeAlden2012. And then you could just find the book 5% More. It's on you know, Amazon. It's on uh, uh, you know, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. Oh, and actually tomorrow, I believe. Yeah, so tomorrow the audio book goes live. And I believe you can get the audiobook for free if you uh, if you subscribe to Audible on on Amazon. So that goes live tomorrow. So if you're if you're not a quote reader, uh, it, it is available on an audiobook to, uh, as well. Did you uh, read the book yourself, or did you get somebody? Oh, uh, I you? knew you were going to ask that question. You know, I did on my first book, and I tell you, um, I w- if I had a choice of pulling out my own teeth <laughs> and reading my own book, I probably would have picked if I picked the teeth. I didn't do it on this time, and it was interesting. I was going to do it because like, you and I were talking before we got on the podcast. I had my own production studio. And I was going to, but um, uh, because my publishers, Wiley and Sons, they're a much bigger publisher, publisher than my first one. Um, there was actually uh, some, you know, some negotiations and some licensing deals and and some other things that was kind of like outside of my pay grade. And and I, and I when we realized it, um, my attorneys, I didn't really have the choice. <laughs> so, <laughs> I signed what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, they did say that you know, you know, we, we you know, if you really wanted to, but I think they wanted to have a professional do it. So I haven't. I I, I met him and and he seems like he knows what he's doing. So hopefully, hopefully it sounds good. Cool. Well, maybe you could ask him to do an intro. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah, that, that 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 might be that like might a work. One minute intro. That's a good idea, but it's going live tomorrow, so it's too late. Well, I should have talked. Yeah. I should have talked to you a while ago. <laughs> well, you know what? Why don't you just have him come on your TV show and interview him? There, there we go. I like yeah, it. So I, I hear you did the voiceover for my book. What was that like? <laughs> <laughs> Pulling teeth. <laughs> Love it, folks. Check out the book. more. You will not be disappointed. I've been chatting with Michael Alden today. And uh, yeah, a lot of energy, a lot of fun. And that's the type of things that you're going to learn reading this book. Pick it up. Start working on it. Thanks for coming on the show, dude. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. Please share this interview if you think your network of business friends would benefit from it. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite Android app. Also, don't forget to check out www.businessbooktalk.com for more business book interviews.